0: Right. You can hear me now. I've now gone back over. OK, uh, we're going to do this again. Put something in the chat if you can hear me now. Uh, my monitor said it wasn't transmitting and yet my Mac computer mic said it was fine. So can you hear me? Sam Wright. Yep. Okay, brilliant. So you can all hear me. We're going to do this again. It is Bank Holiday Monday here in the UK and I'm live. Why? Because I'm committed to going live every Monday and every Thursday at 6pm here in the United Kingdom. So wherever you are tuning in from around the world, it is great to have you here. And if you're new to this channel, the first thing I'm going to draw your attention to, read that. You're not going to get advice on buying stuff here. Never so don't look for it i'm just going to give you enough inspiration to get in the rabbit hole and learn more and then if you learn more and it attracts you buy something that's up to you okay that's the key so today is the 2nd of may 2022 um happy bank holiday if you get that in the uk if you don't um around the world that's a shame people've had a day off here today but i'm still here transmitting okay um couple of things I wanted to say before we go any further. Yeah, let's just get the preliminaries out of the way. Uh, If you are new and you want to look at all my work, you simply go to ukbitcoinmaster.com. There it is there. And you can find all 421 videos, I believe, including this. They're live streams. And there's a load of um, Bitcoin bits, which are two to five minute clips to entice people to go and watch the full uh, interview. So check them out. If you want to watch the interviews only, There it is, there bitcoininterviews.com. I won't labor that point. Okay, so I'm going to pick up my phone. We're going to have a look and see who we've got in the chat and say hello to a few people. Um, so uh, Joseph Rotniak, Joseph, welcome. Good to see you. John Gravit is in the house. Always good to see you, John. My lovely wife, Elaine, UK Bitcoin farmer, my nephew is with us, Lance Huddle. Hi to you, Dodgy Bob. Good to see you, Bob. I love that on time today. Either way, great to see you in the house. Sam Wright is with us. Uh, Sam, good to see you. I don't know if you've been here before, Sam think you may have done, but if you haven't, welcome anyway. Um, okay, Vinnie Rondo's in the house. Um, I don't expect a massive audience when it is a bank holiday, but let me just say this. It is great if you can join me live because I like to interact with my audience, but this video goes out there so that hopefully it will stand the test of time. And when the next bull run comes around, many noobs will find this and not get dragged down the crap coin route and lose a load of money. That is my hope. That's my only hope that we can stop people getting into these crap coins and losing all their hard earned money. That's why I do it. So if you can tweet it out, retweet it. If you can share it, um, if you can go back into the comments section after the live stream has ended and leave a comment, that helps it keep relevant on YouTube so that more people Googling it can find it. End of. Okay, so let's get on with the show. Now, I've got a video for you all today. Um, This one's a bit longer than usual because I was picking this uh, podcast apart and there was so many good bits in it. I didn't want to leave anything out. And you'll know, in fact, before we do that, whoops, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's have a quick look at the Bitcoin chart. Who's freaking out? I'm not. Um, Let me tell you why I'm not. I'm extremely bullish on the long term two to five maybe 10 years of where bitcoin is going but in the meantime the price can be up and down like a fiddler's elbow and if you can't deal <clears throat> excuse me with that volatility well then of course you shouldn't be in in bitcoin and when you look at this this fear and greed index you can see right now there is massive fear out there in the marketplace and I may be wrong and maybe I'm speaking out of turn but I just feel that people have gone and gone and leveraged themselves, maybe gone and loaded their credit cards or taken out loans, you know, or bit, bought Bitcoin at the top, hoping it would pump in a month and double their money. And then when it dropped down to 38, 37, et cetera, they're now freaking out because they've got to pay their loan back or their cards back or, you know, that's just, you know, putting it out there. I'm not saying everyone is doing that. But for me personally, it doesn't really matter what the short term price is. I am buying this for later in life, to leave for our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, etc. And this fear and greed index simply does not bother me a one iota. So if we go back to the chart, if you're new to all of this, you can buy fractions of a Bitcoin. And as you can see right now, for every dollar you spend, you can get 2599 satoshis. So you spend $10, 25,000 sats. You spend $100, a quarter of a million satoshis. Everything's going to be measured in satoshis in the future. So don't underestimate or undervalue the meaning of a few satoshis. If you can build some sats up over time, you'll be in a unique position going forward. Okay, so what I want to do is get into the meat and bones of today's show. Okay, over the five years that I've been in Bitcoin, I have seen and heard probably every bit of FUD imaginable. FUD, if you're new, is fear, uncertainty and doubt. Rich and Mary Jane, good to see you in the house. Fear, uncertainty and doubt. And you've got to understand something, people. If you push back against the mainstream. If you push back against the monopolies, they don't like it. They will do everything to not lose their control and shut you down. We are seeing it all around the world play out. It started with the truckers in Canada with their protests, froze bank accounts, etc. And it just now has opened up this world of Blimey, where is my money safe? Blimey, my freedom of speech has been taken from me. And the big narrative that they're trying to push now is that Bitcoin is using all the world's energy. It's going to boil the oceans. And we've heard this time and time and time again. And the new person that you are trying to talk to about Bitcoin, if you're not armed with this information, they are going to... Kill you. They are going to crush you with their. I saw it on the TV that Bitcoin's gonna boil the oceans argument. What you need to do, if they're people you love and care about, friends, work colleagues, family, etc., and you want them to try and get past these narratives, you need to be assured of how you might answer that and a couple of shows ago, I covered this um, from the Miami conference. But this latest video clip is this same guy. His name is Darren Feinstein. Feinstein. I don't know how you say it. And he is the co-founder and chairman of Core Scientific. Now, Core Scientific are, I believe, the largest Bitcoin miners. In North America. To put that in perspective, they are a multi-million, probably billion dollar outfit and they are throwing millions and millions at this. And I heard him say, I believe it was on this show, that they are up to mining 23 Bitcoin a day. Now, if that's the biggest miner in America, 23 Bitcoin, call it 40K, is, you know, 400, what's that, close to a million a day in terms of the the value of Bitcoin. So what are they throwing at it in terms of energy, power, etc. to mine that Bitcoin? So he is right in the rabbit hole with the energy FUD that's going on out there. And I particularly want to run this clip because I think he kills this narrative extremely extremely well. So we've got three or four chunks of this. And if you're new to all of this, I want you to absorb what this guy is saying. And then here's my advice. Go and find the interview, the full interview that he did. And I'll tell you how to find that at the end and listen to what he's got to say, because we as Bitcoiners, we are pushing against the monopolies. We are trying to break down and take away their control and they ain't going to go lightly. So the narrative is Bitcoin's boiling the oceans. Let's have a listen to the first part of this clip where Darren talks about how history is littered with stories of those that were killed For speaking out, you know, hung, drawn, and quartered, you know, decapitated, all sorts, you know, because they literally stood up against the monopolies. They went against the grain, and in this first segment, it just talks about a couple of them. Let's have a listen to Darren Feinstein.
1: Historically, right? If you look way back, to I mean, I think my favorite example is is Ptolemy said that the the solar system all revolved around the planet earth and all religious dogma at the time said we were the center of the universe. Uh, Copernicus realized that the earth revolved around the sun. Right. And what did he do with that information? Nothing. Because he knew what was going to happen to him. If he did on his deathbed, he released a paper that said, you guys are wrong. The, the sun's the center of this universe and we're, we're revolving, we're revolving around the sun. Uh, Galileo found his piece, found his paper and, and said, wow, this guy's right. And he wrote nonstop about how the earth was not the center of the universe. and We revolved around the sun. Well, guess what they did to Galileo? They stuck him in a mental institution and beat him to death. And then they dissected his body parts and dropped them all over the countryside. And after 200 years, they realized that he was right. And then they tried to go find him and give him a proper burial. And so that's what happens to you when you disrupt the legacy system. What happened to, what happened to Galileo? The same thing happened, coincidentally, to this guy. And I always say his name wrong, but it's Ignaz Semmelweis. You know what his crime was? He said all of these, uh, these, these women that are having babies—they started in certain hospitals. They were, they were dying at a, at a, at a uh, very. Uh, this it was a. Uh, it was a pace that was just, that was, that was just a very unusually bad. And so this guy looks into it and he says, you know, there's germs on your hand. They're not using any cloth. They're not washing their hands. They're not using gloves. He's, he says, there's germs on your hands. You need to wash your hands before you perform an operation. Okay. And guess what they did to this guy? Same thing they did to Galileo. They stuck him in an institution and they killed him because he said doctors aren't clean. And so. You see this happening nonstop. If you're going to disrupt the legacy industry, you better be prepared for the legacy industry people to come after you. And so those two guys, and that's just two of 100 stories of people that face the consequences of disrupting big-time institutions.
0: Okay, so here's Darren, a very professional guy, as you can see here. You know, he's a philanthropist you know, the chairman of of Core Scientific. Um, He's got loads of other business ventures. So this is not some wacky dude that's just spouting off. He is out there fighting in the corner of Bitcoiners to get this energy narrative crushed. And we'll come on to that in the next couple of segments about the reality of Bitcoin mining. But in this next segment, he talks about And we've talked about this many times before. So if you're not new to this channel, you've heard this, you know, a thousand times before. And that is that anything new. Do you remember, you know, when the the motor vehicle came out, the people horse and cart said, why do we need those? polluting vehicles, they'll never catch on. We had, you know, they tried to stop email and the internet with their energy narratives. And that's a bit that I, I want to run right now. But just listen to the lengths that they went to, to try and stop email and the internet. So to think that they're not going to go to those lengths, with Bitcoin to try and stop it in some form or another, a stealth backdoor approach, I think is naive. You know, it is not a new thing what they're going to try and do. It's been going on throughout history. So why would it stop now? So let's have a listen to this segment.
1: And guess what the United States government, the postmaster general said, the most efficient The most secure way, literally like quotes, the most secure way to deliver information between two parties is the U.S. mail, not email. And email, guess what? Needs servers. It uses a lot of energy, and it's going to destroy the planet, and we need to stop emails. The U.S. Postmaster General went to Congress, the United States, and said, we need to stop these emails from proliferating because if you send 10 emails, you're burning a pound of coal or whatever the... You're burning a pound of coal to send 10 emails. Isn't that cyclical, what we're going through again now? ...narrative they used, and they actually voted on implementing an email stamp tax in America. Imagine that. And they lost, fortunately, but you still had lots of people on both sides, right, arguing to stop the email. Now the same thing with, with the internet, okay? The people that had monopolies, basically, on, on information, they didn't like to see people have access to information. So they tried to stop the internet, and guess how they tried to stop the internet? It uses too much energy. You need servers to run the internet, and guess what they said? They said every it was it, it was every five megabytes of information burned a pound of coal or whatever it was. It equals about a hundred tweets today. What they said burned a pound of coal, and so they they tried to shut off they tried to shut off the internet because of the energy argument. They tried to stop email because of the energy argument. This is not a new argument.
0: Did you hear that? This is not a new argument. And he goes on to say in the next clip that whenever there is a move away from an analog system to a digital system, there is always pushback. So why would we expect anything uh, different with Bitcoin? It's just not new. But he then goes on to say, think of all the energy needed to send post in the mail. I could reel it all off from the trucks and everything else, but let's let Darren Feinstein do it instead.
1: Anytime you see an analog system, go to a digital system, you see a non-quantifiable amount of energy running an analog system to a very quantifiable amount of energy running a digital system. And it's really easy to say, oh, you need servers. That's terrible. Well, how much energy did you need to send post to send an actual letter from one place to another, right? You need trucks. You need security. You need buildings. You need CEOs. And airplanes. Airplanes. I mean, look at traditional analog money. You need... To make coins, you need to mine the metal, which is terrible for the environment. and releases chemicals. You need to transport the metal to a factory. You need to turn the metal into a coin, right? Then you need to trucks and security to transport it to the bank. You need to hand it out. You need tellers. You need bankers. You need CEOs. You need regulatory bodies. You need government. Then you need to use the money. Then the money goes back to the bank. You need security again. And then guess what? They They, they destroy it every 10 years and mine more. Uh, if it's paper, they have to they have to cut down more trees or use whatever chemicals they are to to make it. So you get these terribly uh, invasive technologies that have been decimating the planet for all these years. And they're like, no, that uses a server. <laughs> that uses a server. We need to shut it off. And so we see that with Bitcoin. These the first thing to say is this is not a new way to argue against a digital technology. This is always the first argument the legacy people use because you can say. Oh there's a server over there. This is terrible. And and uh so that's that's the first one. So you just got to listen to what
0: he's saying. And and now he comes on to, and I covered this a couple of shows ago, where he talks about the articles that came out in 2017, damning Bitcoin. It was going to use all the world's energy uh, by 2020. Again, I've used this before, but I was taught that repetition is the mother of learning. So for you people that don't have that mega strong hand yet, for those of you that, you know, don't have that, you know, conviction um, of you know all this is just FUD and they're trying to just FUD you out of your coins because they don't want Bitcoin to succeed. You need to keep hearing this type of thing. Let's listen to what he says about these articles that came out and then we'll pull it together with what the actual outcome of all that was.
1: Uh, the, the second one is in 2017, coincidentally, when I was building the first uh, core scientific facility up in the Appalachian Mountains, two articles came out. OK, uh, one from Newsweek and and one from our buddies at the World Economic Forum. Uh, again, coincidentally, they said the same thing. They said the same thing. and And it was remarkable what they said. They said that the Bitcoin network is so energy intensive. It's so bad for humanity, so bad for the world economic or ecological condition that we need to turn it off right now. And if we don't, if we don't, by 2020, so it's 2017, by 2020, it will consume all, all of the world's energy. Not a lot, literally says the word all. World Economic Forum, Newsweek 2017. Well, all my investors, my board, everybody's calling me up every day saying, What are you doing? Like, what are you what are we doing? We can't do this. You need to stop. And so thousands of you know, thousands of hours of dealing with the energy FUD early on. Uh, and and here we are today, by the way. It's 2022, right? Two years after this prediction from the World Economic Forum, two years after the prediction from Newsweek, and, and they, and, and the prediction was all the world's energy, right?
0: All the world's energy. Remember what he said before we go to the last clip? uh, Matt Green's in the house. Hello, Matt. Roger 9000. Good to see you in the house. Looking forward to meeting you in person at the Bitcoin Adventure, uh, Roger. Dave Shackelford, Opsec Cycling. Good to see you all. Matthew Underhill's in the house. Uh, Welcome, everyone that's joining us. It's great to have you all in the house. We are killing the Bitcoin is boiling the ocean energy FUD. In this final sector, um, he talks about how the energy narratives just stoke fear in the masses that they're going to die. And this is how they control the narratives that they want to stay in place. But this time around, the energy FUD is totally disproved. As with Bitcoin, they can tell exactly how much energy the Bitcoin network is using. Let's listen to this final
1: segment from Darren. And You have these predictions of human annihilation associated with this. And when you tell people they're going to die, they generally listen to you, right? So they're stoking fear in people, stoking fear in people. And the and the people are getting scared, and they're like, they want to know what's going on and what you're doing. Well, the, that answer of how much energy we're using, we know because there's are servers in a data center. So you can measure it. Guess what else we know? We also know how much energy is generated globally on an annualized basis. All of the energy producers provide that information, British Petroleum, Exxon, all the people that provide lots of energy, they acknowledge how much energy they produce or generate every year. And so you have, we have the number, we have the answer. We know how much energy is generated. Approximately the world every year generates 160,000 terawatt hours of energy. That's That's the number that's generated. If you listen to Newsweek, the World Economic Forum, or these other people that say the network uses more energy in these small countries, you would think the Bitcoin network uses a lot of that 160,000 terawatt hours of energy. Well, it doesn't. It does not. But we know the terawatt hours of energy of the network. So of the network, we use, the Bitcoin mining network uses 200 approximately terawatt hours of energy. It's inconsequential. If you shut the whole network off, nothing happens. Most large industries, they round off The amount of energy they use globally by one or 2%. That makes the Bitcoin mining network less than a rounding error. It's a rounding error of any other major industry. It's an inconsequential amount. So a global basis, any of these people that scaremonger on a global energy basis are, are committing, uh, they're, they're being intellectually dishonest.
0: 168,000 terawatt hours of energy consumed around the world, and Bitcoin uses 200 terawatt hours. People, if you've watched this show today on the 2nd of May 2022, you should never ever again worry what any media outlet says about Bitcoin's energy usage, because it's absolute BS. BS. And I'm hoping that those clips from Darren Feinstein from Core Scientific has allayed any fears. If you're watching this in the future, do not listen to the mainstream media. They want to spin their own narratives. Okay, quick interlude, because I wanted to do this at the top of the show and I damn well forgot and I'm really annoyed with myself. Today, for those of you that have followed this channel um, for the last couple of years, you may have been aware of a a really cracking guy by the name of Dan. And Dan headed up the business JustLearnBitcoin.com, which was a sponsor of this show. And 12 months ago today, in his 30s, that poor dude down in Mexico passed away. And I've got that in my calendar to remind me. And it's just so happens that it's fallen on the day that I do my show. So I just wanted to pay homage to Dan, and say, Dan, cracking Bitcoiner that you were, mate. Um, Wherever you are, rest easy, dude. Uh, We've got the Bitcoin. We're in safe hands. You're in safe hands. Um, And wherever you are, mate, just rest in peace. Okay, that bit done. Okay, right. Let's get back to the show. Quick shout out to Matthew Underhill, who's in the chat. He wrote this book, The Bitcoin Book, A Beginner's Guide to the Future of Finance. Check it out on Amazon. Awesome book if you're a beginner and you want to start to get your head around what the heck Bitcoin is. Really easy read or you can get it on Audible. I've got it. I've read it twice. I've listened to it on Audible as well. Really is a cracking book for a beginner. Again, if you are in the UK, <coughs> excuse me, come and join us on the 2nd of July near Bristol where we've got the Bitcoin Adventure. I personally can't wait for this. Uh, I've been asked uh, to be the MC or the Master of Ceremonies for the day. So I'm going to be not running the event as such, but, you know, making sure it runs on time, etc., bringing the speakers on. So if you want to meet me, maybe you don't. Maybe you think some old 60 year old git, what do I want to meet him for? But if you want to meet me, come to Bristol on the 2nd of July. Tickets, I believe, are only about 19 quid. You can get them for half price if you pay in Bitcoin. Not a chance for me. Look at what's going on, people. We've got a speaker's tent there. There's workshops, you know, why Bitcoin matters, What you know how Bitcoin works, how to keep your Bitcoin safe, set up a node. I know Roger 9000, who's in the chat, is going to be singing down there. Can't wait to hear that. Roger, Lightning Network, Bitcoin Mining, El Salvador, just so much going on. And if you want to get some free Bitcoin, there's even going to be keynote speakers, a trade floor and Bitcoin games where you can win some Bitcoin. So if you're in the UK or if you can get to the UK, I've heard through the grapevine. Uh, No, I can't mention the speaker in case it hasn't been announced yet, but we got a top Bitcoiner who's coming down to be at uh, the event and I can't wait to meet him. To give you a clue, I've actually interviewed him on my interview, Bitcoin interviews channel. So looking forward uh, to that. So getting getting really really excited by the bitcoin adventure i really am and uh, then very very quickly on this one if you know a whale that's got hundreds of bitcoin that wouldn't mind giving up 11 of them to get hold of the domain name bitcoin to and btc to the com, as well as a load of other stuff with this digital asset portfolio my good friend and supporter of this show, Bitcoin to the Moon, down in Australia, is selling this portfolio. So, if you know any whales, at least let them know because when you see the bottom strap line here, Bitcoin to the Moon is the common cry and dream of Bitcoiners throughout the world. I reckon there's a whale out there that would love to get their hands on Bitcoin to the Moon.com. So, if you know any, reach out and tell them about my channel, and uh, maybe they'll find uh, this. Um, portfolio of interest. Um, For those of you that are new to Bitcoin, you need to get a, 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 a sats wallet on your phone, wallet of Satoshi, moon wallet, something of that nature. Use one of these addresses to practice sending a few sats. Somebody recently sent me 50 sats. It was four pennies, four pence. Thank you, whoever you were. But I don't do this for financial gain. I want people to have a way to practice sending satoshis and you can use any of these if you want to practice. Of course, any donations are always greatly received, but I don't run the channel for financial gain. I'm not trying to build the channel up so I can use it as a money spinner. I've got another business that pays me already. I do it for the love of sharing my passion about Bitcoin um, with others. Okay, found some corking tweets. Stick around, people. Mike Alfred, I've used him quite a lot actually. He's a pretty good financial guy, has made a lot of good calls in his career. He said, When I first heard about Bitcoin in 2013 at $120, I thought it was a bubble. When Bitcoin hit 19,000 in in the fall, stroke um, autumn of 2017, I still thought it was a bubble. Now Bitcoin is trading at 39,800. I can't believe how cheap it is. And I agree with that. There is so much apathy out there with people that Bitcoin's going nowhere or it's sliding downwards. Yes, it may be. But if you're going to understand, if, you, if you're if you wondering why Bitcoin's sliding, you've got to understand right now how at the moment it is still correlated with things like the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and they're sliding. But at some point, we're going to have that supply and demand shock. However that plays out, whether it's a Bitcoin ETF kicks in, whatever it is, whatever the catalyst is, and then and I don't know this. I'm just surmising by listening to some of the really clever podcasters out there that I follow. Preston Pish, Jeff Booth, Greg Foss, and the others like those really clever people. Um, they say that at some point it has to break away from that correlation. So my advice to anybody watching this channel is don't try and understand all of that. Just understand that right now, Bitcoin under 100,000 is on sale. You want to be stacking some sats Right now, people, because none of us know what's going to happen, there's a lot of calls for a twenty grand Bitcoin. If it happens, it happens. I will stack as many SATs as if I can if that happens because I am extremely bullish over the next two to five years as to where Bitcoin will be. I don't make price predictions, but my internal gut feeling is that in five years we will see a bitcoin that that is least a quarter of a million dollars maybe more. That's not a price prediction. It's just my gut feeling. So am I worried if it goes down even lower? You shouldn't be. If you're in fiat thinking, if you're comparing your Bitcoin to how much um, money it's worth in dollars, pounds, euros, yen, whatever, then as Simon Dixon says, you're in fiat land. You're in fiat thinking. Start thinking in Bitcoin, people, because one Bitcoin will always be one Bitcoin out of 21 million coins that are on the planet. That's all you need to consider. And eventually we'll move to a SAT standard where instead of measuring everything in dollars, it'll be measured in SATs. So stop worrying about the short term price and where the bottom is and all that sort of stuff, in my opinion, just my opinion. If you want to worry about it, that's great but I believe that worry is an overrated pastime. I'll probably get some grief from my wife for that. Okay. Will Clemente, a very, very, very clever young man. This bear market, no one is questioning whether Bitcoin will exist anymore or if it's a scam, but rather the lowest price point it will go so that they can accumulate as much of it as possible. Okay. So I was in Bitcoin in 2017. I saw the run up to 20 grand. I saw it crash back down to three grand and stay in a bear market all of 2018, all of 2019. And you know what? Everyone was saying Bitcoin's dead. This is it. It's done. It's finished. That ain't happening anymore. There is too much going on. Too many senators involved now. Too many um, lobbying of... um, Politicians, etc. In America, in the UK, we've had a UK politician come out and say recently that they want to make the UK the hub of innovation around cryptocurrency. I'd say Bitcoin, not crypto. Another story for another day. Uh, but the point is, we've gone past the point of no return, and there is no going back to zero. People, if Bitcoin goes down, it is on sale, and you need to get as much of it as you possibly can. Eric Wall, think of this one. With Solana going down today and Ethereum transfer spiking spike into $700 in fees. Yeah, maybe it's a good, it is good that Bitcoin exists and is as simple as, and I've bleated out the UCK bit because I don't swear. You take the point. Okay, I don't want to be involved in something where the fees go colossal like that. Or there's um, talk again that Bitcoin has issues. Um, You've got all sorts of issues with many sorts of coins. Bitcoin is simple. Buy it. Hold it. And there's another tweet coming up. I don't know whether it's this one or the last one. It's the last one. I'll hold the thought and then we'll talk about it. People say that, Dan Hell, people say that Bitcoiners... Um, that got in early were lucky and didn't have to work for it. Do you know something? Bullshit. That's the only swear word I'll use. Let me tell you now, working is having all that money tied up in Bitcoin when you could go on holiday, buy a new car, get a new conservatory, get a mobile home to travel around Europe, spend it on your kids, do all sorts. No, holding Bitcoin for five years I found really easy, but really, it's not easy. You got to work at holding it, particularly in those downtrends and those bear markets. That's, he said, the same as me. Hodling is hard. He always says hodling is hard. I actually find hodling extremely easy because I've got a long-term thought plan. Yes, I'm in my early 60s, but another five years before I consider doing anything, I certainly won't be selling my Bitcoin. I'm hoping within that time, the financial instruments will be there to borrow against my Bitcoin as collateral, keeping my Bitcoin secure. That's what I'm watching closely. Who else from the mainstream financial world could hodl onto an asset that swings up 10 to 40 X, then down 80% four times? Very few people. So it's all right saying I got a strong Bitcoin hand, have you, when the price goes down? How many of you will hold firm without that emotion eating away at you if Bitcoin did hit 20k? If Bitcoin hit 20k, I'm telling you, I'll be looking at everything I can sell, everything I can do to get as many sats as I can, because that will be like buying a half a million dollar house and somebody's selling it for 20 grand. It really will, knowing that's going to rebound straight back up again. And then this one from Mike Alfred again. Solana is broken. Ethereum gas fees are so high. We've just talked about that, that it's essentially unusable. Cardano is going to zero, whether it will, whether it won't. I'm not saying it will. He's saying this. Meanwhile, Bitcoin uses a new block. Sorry, Bitcoin issues a new block every 10 minutes like clockwork. This is not rocket science, folks. TikTok, next block. It does not matter what happens. Last year, China kicked the miners out. The hash rate slashed in half and yet it rebounded in months and now it's breaking all-time highs. The last time I looked, I believe yesterday, I think the hash rate was something like 223 million exahashes. Just TikTok next block. That's the security. That's putting your money to work in the most secure environment you could ever put it. With Offering the best asymmetric bet in our lifetimes. Why wouldn't you put it in Bitcoin instead of leaving it in a crappy savings account? You know me, people, I love quotes. I found this one from C.S. Lewis. This is awesome. When the whole world is running towards the cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. Are we not running in the opposite direction to the mainstream? Everybody thinks we've lost our mind. Walking around town today with my Ask Me About Bitcoin. Loads of people reading it. And then turning the other way, probably thinking, scammer. You know, bothered? Talk to the hand, the face ain't listening. Bothered? Not at all. That's the point. The mainstream, the masses buy into the mainstream. The mainstream say Bitcoin's a scam. All across the UK television, we've got, you know, every. News station and their dog talking about this Bitcoin scam, that Bitcoin scam, the other Bitcoin scam. I get family friends messaging me saying, Did you see the news this morning? They're talking about Bitcoin scams. Don't bother me. But if those mainstream people, as Satoshi Nakamoto once said, Ain't got the time to learn or Ain't got the inquisitiveness to ask me, Tell me about Bitcoin, then I ain't got time to chase them. It's as simple as that. So for me, I'm going to keep stacking my sats. That is what I do. And I hope that's what you do. And I hope you'll come and join me on Thursday because I've got a mega Bitcoin bull, definitely a maxi, a real Bitcoin maxi, um, spoke at the Bitcoin conference, um, called some people out. So you won't want to miss Thursday. Um, I'm not telling you who it is, put it in your diary. 6 p.m. UK time, 1 p.m. EST, 10 a.m. on the west coast of the US. Come and join me. And as long as I don't get let down, as long as they don't flake on me, I'll have a live guest for you on Thursday. But apart from that, shout out to Dan. Rest in peace, my good man. It is 12 months today since you left us, buddy. And I'm thinking of you. The rest of you, Enjoy your week. Enjoy your morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Smash the like button. Retweet this out if you thought it was a decent show and just say, hey, go and check UK Bitcoin Master out. He's got a great channel. I'd appreciate that. Go back into the comments after the show and leave a message. I'd really appreciate it because that then screws with the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening on the podcast Thank you for listening. Apple, Google, Anchor, it's out on all those podcasts. So if you're on the move and listening, thank you for being here. Um, sorry that you can't see the, uh, the the images that I put up, but it is what it is. Come and join us on YouTube. This also goes out on Steam. It and I, I upload it there. I don't look to get anything, but I want exposure everywhere. Um, Hive. It goes out on Bitshoot. Everywhere I possibly can. So that is it. I'm done. Stop ranting. Going to enjoy the rest of my Monday with my lovely wife. Thanks for supporting me, everyone. Come back on Thursday. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin master signing off. Going to leave you with my social media links and I'll catch you on Thursday.